The podcast under the stairs. Void diary entry number 21. Hello? Hello, can you hear me? I, d- I don't know if you can hear me or not. This is Duncan McLeish from the podcast Under the Stairs. Um, exactly 238 days ago, I was zapped from my home in Scotland uh, to to an alternative dimension. Um, I'm now currently located in a place that I have dubbed The Void. I've been here for 238 days trying to find a way to come back since the device I created to boost the signal of my podcast malfunctioned and sent me here. Um, in my time here, I've found that where I am now is very similar to where I was, except for one major difference. In the timeline here, uh, the, the groups that people associate with conspiracies back in my home are actually the ones that are controlling things, a conspiracy between the Druids and the Illuminati. It's dark, so, so dark where I am. Um, The only things I have are what I managed to take with me, uh, my computer, my recording equipment. The druids have since been using me to signal a broadcast encoded through the podcast back to my listeners. At first, I I didn't think anything bad was going to happen, but there have been indications that things are taking a more sinister turn. The Baz has been struck down repeatedly with weird diseases which are of of things that science has deemed as being old viruses, viruses that no longer exist and that had been eradicated or thought that had never existed, only in the pages of books. I'm now concerned that, that they're gearing up for something which will use this podcast to change the world of where I come from. I, I think I've managed to find a way of encoding longer messages at the start of podcasts. I'm going to try and send as many of these messages back and constantly try and find a way to get back home. Thank you for all your support and this time and in the interim. End of message. You're listening to Druid FM on 192 BC. Welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs. Hi everyone and welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs, episode number 60. I am your host Duncan McLeish and welcome to the show. Episode 60 kicks off our 2015 top 10 series of shows. Our top 10 is a very special one, very near and dear to my heart. A lot of hard work has went into this, compiling the list and getting a great group of guests who will be joining me over the next 10 weeks to pit my top 10 Vincent Price movies against my top 10 Christopher Lee movies. Now, this is no ordinary contest between these movies because what most podcasts would do is they would look at what film was better and that's kind of the way I wanted to do it but the longer I the longer I thought about it the more it just made sense to try and 
maybe put a slight twist on it. So the twist here is that the, the overall scoring will be done on performance of the person who starred in the movie. So there could be a scenario where let's say maybe we're watching a movie that's made my list of people are like that is clearly not in the, you know, the top 10 Vincent Price movies ever made but the performance is shit hot so that's why it made my top 10 list so i uh, just giving you that little uh, disclaimer right at the start before I start getting the inevitable internet backlash of I can't believe you missed this movie out I can't believe you forgot this movie because um, you know that's going to come I'm just waiting for it uh, but yeah so basically it's going to be done on performances so at the end of each episode or each review um, we will sit down myself and my guest and we will pose the question who had the better performance was it Christopher Lee or was it Vincent Price now in the unlikely event uh, or probably likely depending on how contentious my guests are we might draw we might uh, come down the middle actually and I might say Christopher Lee had a better performance my guess might say Vincent Price had the better performance um, each character will get one point each however if we both agree that character will get two points at the end of the ten weeks we will tally up all the points and um, who has the most points will be deemed the winner of our top ten um, there are a ton of movies, an absolute ton of fantastic movies coming up over the next 10 weeks. Um, we will be getting into such great movies as The Raven, Horror Express, we'll be doing some House of Wax, The House of Usher, uh, maybe to A Devil A Daughter, potentially some of The Hymn of the Baskervilles, The Pit of the Pendulum, Dracula, just a shitload of movies are going to be discussed over the next 10 weeks and I can't wait to do this, uh, this is something that I've been looking forward to for quite a while, um, it seems even more poignant now that Christopher Lee passed uh, just just under two months ago, um, that kind of feels apt that we we spend a bit of time not only just celebrating the works of this man but um, a, a man who holds just as much love in my heart and that's uh, Vincent Price so on this episode which is number 10 on our countdown I will be joined by uh, my good friend Gary Hill uh, he's our first guest and uh, we will be tackling um, Horror Express uh, starring Christopher Lee and The Raven starring Vincent price um, so with that in mind I think it's probably best that we just get kicked right into this episode it's going to take a short break just now you're going to hear our new intro for this segment the top 10 Vincent Price Christopher Lee against each other I'm going to be right back with my guest right after this do you like movie reviews that are insightful thought-provoking and delivered by somebody who's trained to critically dissect every aspect of a motion picture without ever having to use obscenities. Then you've got the wrong f***ing show. Kruger Nation Horror Podcast is ready to feed your slasher movie and exploitation needs. There'll be more blood, expletives, and titties than you can shake your grandma's beetle flaps at. Visit www.krugernation.com Oh good God, a butthole casserole! May I have your attention, please? Mr. Harker, I'm glad that you've arrived safely. I am Dracula, and I welcome you to my house. Ready to give the people what they want. Sensation, horror, shock. Then tell us where Mercata is. 
Fear causes tremendous tensions in the body. If you can't relieve those tensions, why can't they become strong enough to kill you? They will be destroyed. Oh, splendid. This must be my malaria. And now, for our more dreadful sacrifice. Ladies and gentlemen, please do not panic, but scream! Scream for your lives! I intended a peaceful occupation, but you have made that impossible. You suspect uh, foul play? It's almost time to lock up the house. Then your party will really begin. I wonder how it'll end. I will flog every person in this village. You are about to enter hell. You will warn the crew that if any one of them lets slip what really happened to the Armada, I will personally cut out his tongue. Salt and mercury, effective against the dark forces. They will protect you and Simon. We can save him. The mark of Satan is upon them. I appreciate the fact that you are here to help me. Nevertheless, I would remind you that you are also a guest in my house. Welcome, fool. You have come of your own free will to the appointed place. Okay, no. The pit! The pen. It is time to keep your appointment with the Wicker Man. And welcome, welcome listeners, uh, this is the start, the very first movie review of the podcast Under the Stairs, top 10 series 2015, I selected as this season's run of top 10s, the clash of the two horror icons, Christopher Lee and Vincent Price, over the next 10 weeks, um, two movies will be discussed, one that I have selected for Christopher Lee and one for Vincent Price from my top 10 performance list of both actors. We will count these down, going through a review with a special guest each week and the, the scoring system is very simple. At the end, we will choose who had the better performance. If we both choose the same actor, that actor will win two points. If we disagree and choose one each, that actor will get one point each running down to the end um, the number one spot at the very end and we will select a winner overall. Now, the very first show means we start at, at the highest number, number 10. And the two movies discussed on the show will be Horror Express from 1972 and The Raven from 1963. My special guest on this show is a guest that's no stranger to the podcast Under the Stairs. It's my good friend, Mr. Gary Hill. How are you doing, sir? Um, I'm here, man. I'm glad to be in the void again with you, my brother. It's always a pleasure having you here, my friend. Now, before we take a short break and listen to the trailer for our first movie review, I need to ask you if you can pimp your shows right at the beginning so, so people can get their pens out or type it in their phones or what or whatnot. What shows do you have and where can people listen to them? Well, LegionPodcast.com where you can find this show and lots of other great shows. You can find the Sin Beef Podcast with... Uh, a multitude of hosts at the moment. Uh, X uh, dropped for a little while. Then I had Dan Chase on for one episode, and then you know some stuff happened there. 
But uh, after listening to the Dan Chase episode, the one after that will be with the lovely uh, co-host that I'm going to have that you guys all know and love, named Jamie Jenkins. So that should be a lot of fun. And um, you can also watch and listen to the two drinking commentaries on LegionPodcast.com or me and a group of friends, uh, the Wild Man Willis, Nudie, and uh, and a sermon, and Mr. Gil Rockatansky, your your fellow Scotsman, and a sermon of other other, other folks. Uh, talk through some of your favorite movies and not talk about the film much sometimes. So if you like uh, stupid banter about you know video games and bullshit, yeah, you might enjoy that that that, that, uh, <laughs> that podcast. You know. <laughs> um, and besides that, I have a Horophilia network, uh, horophilia.com. I have the Sloppy Seconds, the movie sequel podcast with uh, Eric Berksham, or you guys might know him as Phantom Eric. Um, yeah, that's on there. So uh, that's about it for right now. The shows are kind of on the on the fence right now. You know, you yeah, never yeah. know. You never know what uh, what irons you got in the fire until they uh, till you get burned. Of course, you know. <laughs> yeah, so people should go out and check those shows anyway. But we have some movies to discuss, sir. So we're going to take a very short break just now. People are going to hear the trailer for our first movie, which is for Christopher Lee. Um, number 10 in my Christopher Lee horror performances is Horror Express from 1972. We're going to come right back after the trailer, right after this. Flesh Like Smoke is the toothsome new shapeshifter anthology from April Moon Books. Curated and edited by Brian M. Sammons with illustrations by Neil Baker, Flesh Like Smoke is a collection of 16 tales of visceral horror from today's most talented authors. Some of these tortured souls lash out against their cursed existence, while others relish the taste of animalistic power. Ranging from gut-wrenching terror to heart-rending pathos, Flesh Like Smoke will leave you salivating for more with every turn of the page. Flesh Like Smoke is available in paperback and ebook format from Amazon.com and AprilMoonBooks.com, as well as other online purveyors of fine literature. Hurry to sink your claws into a copy before the next full moon. For two million years in these subterranean caves, a creature of superhuman evil was entombed in a wall of ice, waiting to be free, waiting to live again. Travel with us on a journey into a world where nightmare becomes reality. Two million years ago. Got out of that crate, killed the baggage man and put him in there. Yes, I am. It's alive. It must be. Travel with us, if you dare, on the Horror Express. Search the train and find it, whatever it is, and destroy it. But if it's alive... I want this kept quiet. I don't want to panic the passengers. (laughs) 
of this creature is indestructible, transferring its force from mind to mind, from body to body. Beast is not dead. I put four bullets into him. You think evil can be killed with bullets? Satan leaves. The animal that you shot was only the host. It's alive in someone on this train. You saw his eyes. One look at them and you're dead. Anything that moves near that door, kill it. Run. Run for your life. Hide, but you can't escape. No one can stop the fury and the terror of the Horror Express. You've just heard the trailer for our first movie review. Like I said, it's um, this is number 10 on my Christopher Lee list uh, for performances. It's Horror Express from 1972, directed by Gene Martin or Gigiano Martin. Um, the writers were guys that I can't even pronounce. Um, the movie stars Christopher Lee, Peter Cushing, Telly Savalas, Alberto de Mendoza, uh, and loads of other people. Um, the synopsis for this movie, however, is in 1906 in China, a British anthropologist discovers a frozen prehistoric creature and must transport it to Europe by train. Uh, like I said, this features as my number 10 in the Christopher Lee section. Um, now, the reason I chose this movie is I remember seeing this like, quite a while ago and just loving it because this movie is for lack of a better word mental um, the story's quite out there because at first we think it's kind of some sort of kind of monster movie and then as the story progresses we find that it's actually extraterrestrial so which elevates it to the world of sci-fi horror um, it's, it follows a lot of the traditional tropes of what you would expect a kind of creature feature or a monster movie to be. Um, there's some bizarre casting choices in this movie. Christopher Lee playing the anthropologist who discovers a kind of beast-like skeleton um, when he's in China. He's travelling it back on the Trans-Siberian Express uh, to Russia. Um, and while he's making that journey we find out that this fossil that he's carrying on board no, no thanks to the very nosy Peter Cushion um, is actually some sort of alien creature which using its bright red eyes can melt your head almost and steal your memories and um, after it's set loose on the train it can then assume the body of someone very much like a thing and uh, then goes in a bit of a murderous rampage as it's trying to find a way back home. So uh, Gary, <laughs> had you seen this movie before and if so what did you make Horror Express? Yeah I've seen it before, we did it uh, for Cinema Beef with um, the Swedish cinemasochist Mr. Philip O'Neill we did a review of it and I was not harsh on it, but I, I didn't love it either. So I, I, I think I liked it better in my second view. Mm-hmm. But the, the the copy I was watching, it was on one of those uh, 12 movies for, for five bucks packages that um, Mill <laughs> Creek puts out in the States. And yeah. the, the quality wasn't very good. So 
I'd imagine if I watched it with better quality, I'd probably like it even more. But uh, this film, it has grain, it had everything in it that I love about a movie like this. You mentioned The Thing. <laughs> this one was a little more hokey than The Thing, but not not by much. <laughs> not by much, though, because your your uh, your your thing, your your assailant, your your uh, I think this film should have been called um. Hypno Yeti's uh, Wild Ride. We did that. That'd be more fun to, to call it that. And Horror <laughs> Express. Dun dun dun. Be more serious about it, you know. But uh, but it, it, you can tell who it was. But all of a sudden, it had like this this furry this furry paw hanging down one side, you know. So he did his best to, to hide that thing, I guess. Until, of course, he wanted to attack somebody and suck their brain goo and you know do all that good stuff to him. Make him forget stuff, and um, yeah, the performances of the film were, were kind of really great. We had Christopher Lee in the movie, who was you know is a big part of your show, obviously, because Lee versus Price. Uh-huh. He had a banging mustache in this movie, and it, uh, <laughs> I, I I could appreciate that because if Lord Summersile had a banging mustache, he would have been all that much more cooler. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> like a big old big old saucy porn stash just hanging around. Not that it wasn't believable as it is in that movie, but you know, if you had a mustache, let me tell you, Wicker Man, <laughs> ten, tenth level, but it's already there, okay? <laughs> oh, but yeah, Cushing was great. You know, they, they work well together, obviously, because they're in a lot of stuff together, so mm-hmm. obviously, you know, they're they're going to be good together. Uh, the, the problem I got with this movie is <laughs> the part, like, the, the within, like, the last 20 minutes or 25 minutes where... Basically, Telly Savalas comes out of hiding <laughs> because he's just macking some chick with his his wine or sambuca or fuck he's drinking on that train, you know. And <laughs> um, his, his wardrobe was the star of this movie too, by the way. That that damn Telly Savalas, I, I couldn't pull up that red jacket, but but when he when he comes on the screen, the Who Loves You Baby, he, he just it just comes out and it takes all the cool out of Lee and Cushing. He just just yeah. sucks it all out. He just eats the screen with Telly Savalas, you know. It's a really weird, it's a, it's a strange casting choice. I know why they did it because he was like obviously was big in the seventies and stuff anyway. But it just seems really strange that you have like obviously Christopher Lee and uh, Peter Cushing playing the most English of English gentlemen. You know the the, the the tone, the way they act, the performance, the stature, and then this kind of Russian Cossacks general appears. Played by Telly Savalas, who is the most American cool actor. Yeah. You know, he embodies American cool. Comes, you know, kind of swaggering into the the back cart with that, just exuding, like you say, that coolness. Missing his trademark lollipop, but um, it's a straight. It's, it adds to the film's quirkiness, if you know what I mean. It just it feels like a bizarre casting choice. If, if he didn't even have an accent, just it just calls up. Yep, I'm Russian. You know, I'm 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 hanging in this this crate with this woman. You got a problem with that? You know, he's not, not, not even trying, but nobody cares because he's so cool in the movie. You know, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. The 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 the, the yeti, the the creature itself. I guess the evolution of the creature. It just kind of happens. Like all of a sudden, yeah. he can he can go into other other bodies and like you know take over their bodies or shift I, I can't really tell if we take did they actually show a corpse on the ground of 
when he took over or you just take over the person i really couldn't tell altogether it's it's weird because i think i think on some level the it's kind of used as some sort of i, I can see why they did it because originally it's a creature walking around you know it's, it's mm. the full kind of furry horrible creature and well, then that yeah, from from a writing point of view, they've obviously thought, well, it's on a train. There's only so long this furry creature can be kind of hiding around before people will know it. So they come up with this great idea that in the movie that they're going to kill the creature. So when the creature dies, the essence of the creature, this is like a new form in the story, the essence of the creature can inhabit bodies and kind of possess them. So you then have this kind of creature possession sort of thing, alien possession sort of movie beyond that point, but whoever it possesses, it then manifests, it's still, you still get the furry hand claw and the red eyes, which doesn't really make any sense, like, I can understand maybe the eyes, but the, why does the hand then turn into a beast hand? Other they than just, the they, they, just, they just couldn't get that left hand right, so they just had to keep the furry hand. <laughs> they didn't quite have to replicate that left hand, so they did something to hang around with, you know. It's always the left hand. <laughs> it's strange, it's like a really strange kind of jump in the story, but then this movie, just in general, has a really weird quirkiness about it, which, like I say, like when you start watching it at the beginning, it kind of feels like a kind of 1950s, kind of straight down the line, hammer horror movie, the, the way it's kind of, the way it's kind of set. And then you add that kind of alien element. At first, it's just a creature. It could be like, like some creature from a forgotten time. Um, but then it becomes an alien, and then an alien that can jump bodies, and then Telly Savalas is in it, and uh, it just kind of keeps morphing and like weird aspects of the movie, which I think maybe on some level has probably stood it quite well in the test of time because it is so quirky if it had been played kind of more serious and dim the middle I don't think it would have the same staying power uh, that it does you know you have those great lines of you know uh, you know monsters were British um, you know it's, it, you have that kind of quirkiness almost like the humour the overacting of certain characters Lee plays it very straight in this movie uh, surprisingly yes, um, Cushion's the one that seems to be having the most fun with his with his lines. He plays a kind of very kind of roguish sort of character anyway, whether he's slipping a bribe to someone so they can peek in the crate to see what it is. Or later on, you know, his his interactions with, with not only Lee but the, the scientist on board who keeps telling you that he's a scientist, by the way. Just in case yeah. you've forgotten him, I'm a scientist. Yes. Just About four or five ideas. times. Yeah, he says, you know, someone asks, are you a scientist? Oh, yes, I'm a scientist. Um, or even his later interactions, albeit brief with uh, Telly Savalas's character, he's the one that's really having the fun, but there's something very... There's something very interesting about that Christopher Lee, very stiff upper lip embodiment of all that is British on this train, that regardless how shitty the shit is on this train, he never breaks character once. It's still this kind of, well, you know, science can explain everything and this is my discovery. Um, and I, I, I quite, I, I dig it. I think, I think his playing the straight man in this movie kind of gives it a bit of a, a scent, you know, a centre that everyone else can be as insane and over the top as they want because he... If he was crazy in this movie, I don't think it would work. I think his kind of sensible portrayal of the scientist in this movie is kind of the linchpin for every, everyone else to do whatever the fuck they want. 
I, 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 they seem like they're rivals, but you really couldn't tell. So yeah. The, yeah. The, 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 the fact that, you know, Cushing wanted to just take a peek inside, it was inside the box. And then all of a sudden, the, the lock became open. And of course, chaos ensues on the train because they're isolated on the train. Yeah. It, it almost played almost like a sitcom. Like, a, what are Pete and, and, and uh, Chris get into next? They got a monster <laughs> on the train. They're going to try to take care of this thing, you know? And it's, 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 cr- it's crazy. It, it, the whole film was crazy. And like I said, to, the only thing that really hurts it is that the stars of the film are Christopher Lee and, and Peter Cushing. But once Telly Savalas is on the screen, he's, he plays a character. It had been t- 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 test of time in many, many horror films. Yeah. It's just that guy that pops up that knows everything or what's going on automatically. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, that, that's him. You know what? You believe it more out of him than, like, you know, your crazy guy who knows everything just pops up yeah. in a horror film. What, the, that walking exposition, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but, uh,. He plays it so cool, and that's that's what makes that that makes a. It's like the icing on the cake for an already quirky movie. Yeah, just, definitely. Just throwing this guy in there who's dresses awesome and like is so charismatic, and you know, with the, these two straight, straight guys basically. Yeah. <laughs> Let me introduce the wild card, and then the creature with his with his James Bond villain. You know, here's the plot unfolding, and I'm gonna tell you exactly how it's gonna go. You know, stuff like yeah. that, and oh. And the, the, the end was the, the end was decent too. It, it, they had a good beginning, middle, and end, and I, I can't hate this movie for anything. Yeah, except, it, it, except got, it does. It does kind of almost border cliche at the end, and that the only way to destroy the creature is to somehow lure it to a, a compartment of a train and then uncouple things, and you know that train's going to go off the edge of a cliff, but everyone's going to be safe because the carriages at the back are going to stop right at the last minute. For that build-up of tension, um, and I mean, you can see that coming, and you kind of know where the movie's going from the start. I mean, obviously, we have grown up in a different time where movies have went on that have been obviously maybe not necessarily inspired by this, but have used similar sort of kind of plot devices, etc. That the ending is no big surprise to me, but there's something quite comforting about that kind of ending that you know is coming. You know, it's like you say, there's a, it's got a solid start, a solid middle, and a solid end. It doesn't really try and be anything more than it is, which is a really kind of quirky sci-fi creature feature. It knows what it is, it's just kind of put it in an older setting. So instead of setting it in the, you know, the 50s and, you know, it comes back in an aircraft or something like that, all that's been handled in the past where, you know, it's a period piece, it's 1906, we're on this... That this train, this epic train journey between two large countries, and uh, this is a huge, massive train track, which gives us the the kind of almost the playground to to play out a kind of outlandish, kind of sci-fi horror. And yeah, it's uh, I think when I say it's quirky, maybe some people don't understand the full. This movie is like really fucking quirky. It's kind of batshit quirky, and that I can't. I I just I would. I, it kind of feels like. There was one guy that wanted to make a kind of period piece set on a train, a kind of murder mystery, a kind of murder on the Orient Express, you know, if you will. And then this other guy that wanted to do like a, a kind of sci-fi, kind of sci-fi horror movie, and somehow those scripts got muddled up. Two guys carrying the crisp, uh, the scripts walk along a corridor, bumping each other, the paper goes everywhere, they combine it all in, and it lands on some guy's desk, and that guy makes that movie. Um, 
and there's very few movies that I can think of that are as that that do as much kind of quirk in terms of the time period, the location, and what the actual killer is. Um, and it works. I mean, it works. It's not a, an amazing movie. Like I say, underneath it all, you have Lee playing a kind of good character in this movie, which is slightly uncommon. But first and foremost, he is the pillar of everything that is sensible and everything that is right in this movie. And like I say, without him doing that, the movie to me falls apart. He's the integral cog in this movie because he allows everyone to be that bit more playful around him. Um, is there anything you want to say about this movie? Gary, anything else before we take a short break and then tackle the Raven? Like I say, there's not many films like this movie. You know, for all the reasons that you said, it's kind of like the the murder mystery thing. All of a sudden, let's throw a monster in. The kids will love it. The kids will love it. That kind of deal. And, you know, because <laughs> the monster looks like crap. And I can see why they, they, <laughs> they, they use, it's like patches of hair on him and stuff, and really disgusting <laughs> looking. And I can see why they didn't use him all that much. So to, to then use the monster to a minimum, even they even they, sh- they shot him real dark too. Yeah. I can respect them for using the materials they had, with, with what they with what they had. They, they had masterclass acting, obviously. Yeah. But they they use they use the creature to a minimum by using the, the the budget that they had, I guess. And I I can I can respect that by giving you the glowing eyes. And plus, one, one thing I forgot to mention: there's a point in this film where all the wide-eyed people that that got their brains sucked in. All of a sudden, get up all at once. It reminds me of the Beyond in the worst way. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. I didn't, I know what you mean. I didn't notice it till like just now. Like until I was watching the, for the show, like wow, it, this is like the Beyond, except without you know, all the, the freaking heads getting blown off and the you know the the tarantulas and you know, but that just that that part at the end where they all start getting up. I expected you know Lee and Cushing to open a door to nothing. You know, just. Yeah, crawling <laughs> yeah. dead bodies, you know. Okay, <laughs> cut the credits. Cut the credits. <laughs> Thank you. That's your movie. Uh, it's a it's a bizarre one. It really is. But we're we're, we're going to couple that up with our next movie review. So we're going to take a very short break. And um, when we come back, we're going to be discussing The Raven from 1963. You're going to hear the trailer for that movie right now. Myself and Gary are going to be back right after this. You're listening to the podcast Under the Stairs. desires transcend reality. The mysterious powers of black magic, these you will explore. Now what is it you need? You got some dried blood off a bat in the house? Help! Help! 
raven will take you careening through the darkest of dangers into the ominous mystery of a master magician's evil castle. <gasps> Afraid, my dear? I offer you a choice. The secret of your hand manipulations or this against this. Well, don't just stand there. Do something. This is no answer. Very well, then. A duel to the death. Welcome back. So this is the second and final movie review of this show. Number 10 in the Vincent Price performances category for me is The Raven from 1963. Um, of course, uh, The Raven is one of the, the series of films directed by Roger Corman based on a poem from Edgar Allan Poe with the screenplay being written by Richard Matheson. The movie has, like the previous movie, a pretty powerful all-star cast. You have Vincent Price, Peter Lorre, Boris Karloff. You have a very young Jack Nicholson in this movie. Very, very young. Um, You have Hazel Court. There's other people in the movie. The synopsis is a magician who has been turned into a raven turns to a former sorcerer for help in this film loosely based on the Edgar Allan Poe poem. Now, to say that I have seen this movie loads would be an understatement. Um, This showed on the TV over here when I was maybe about seven or eight, and I remember recording it um, on a VHS, kids out there that, that only know digital formats, I recorded it on a VHS, and me and my younger brother must have watched this movie every night for like a month, um, and just laughed all the way through it, and I, I didn't fully understand what was going on necessarily in the movie, but the kind of the wizard sequence at the end, the sorcerer showed him so to speak, used to have us in fits of giggles. And it was only until I was older that I actually realised that one, Boris Karloff is in this movie and two, Jack Nicholson's in this movie. Um, but obviously, the, the the star of the movie, the guy that steals the show from me, is Vincent Price. And it, what, what we have in this movie, like it says, a loose adaptation of The the Raven uh, from Edgar Allan Poe. Very, very loose. Uh, we have a, a sorcerer who whose father was at one point the leader of the magical organisation. He himself, his father died under mysterious circumstances, he himself doesn't venture out, is content to work his magic from home as he mourns the loss of his beloved Lenore who died um, three years previously. Uh, a raven appears who is a magician um, who wants him to change him back. He changes him back using the power. We find out that the current leader of the, the magic community is Boris Karloff. He's a, a rather evil man, or so 
our uh, wizard who was a raven tells him he tells him that Doctor Scarabus is you know is an evil dude, and um, he also tells that uh, tells him that Lenore is is out there, which prompts Vincent Price, who is Doctor Craven in this, to go out and write enough that weird things ensue, which culminate in this classic showdown between Vincent Price and Boris Karloff using their crazy magic uh, and a lot of really weird uh, kind of quirky sense of humour in the movie. Um, I have a lot of time for this movie. This one to me is is one of the more playful ones in the in the kind of Corman Poe adaptations um, I think Vincent Price looks like he's having an absolute fucking blast in this movie well, did, I mean this can't be the first time you saw The Raven for this show I would imagine this is one you grew up with as well oh there's a great uh, devil pack I bought for, from MGM which had this and um, the, the Raven and uh, Comedy of Terrors on, on it oh I love Comedy of Terrors which I, yeah. I watched immediately after I watched The Raven because so. <laughs> they're both freaking awesome because of the, the trio of folks you mentioned you know yeah and uh, yeah, I watched it for the first time on there. I've seen the other post up. I, this this was a more, this is more comedy than anything else, and we'll, we'll get into that now. Why why that's so great? Because you know, it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, in terms of, and in terms of, I mean, what, what's your overall thoughts on the movie? I mean, it, I, I mean, the, like we say, it is more comedy than it is aiming towards the horror aspect from from you know a series of movies which primarily aim to be more horror and this one kind of feels like the palate cleanser you know if you've been watching a lot of these movies this one's the one that they seem to really just be like you know we're just gonna because the, the raven is a very dark poem you know it's, it's one of it's one of it's a poor poem there's very little humor in it um and i love the fact that they could have taken it in this dark more somber, more brooding tone that Vincent Price was, you know, famous for doing anyway. He'd done plenty of them, you know, The Fall of the House of Usher, Mark, uh, Mask of the Red Death, Pitting the Pendulum, they could have done it like that. But they make a deliberate choice here to make it playful and fun. Um, I mean, I, what, what do you think of the movie? Oh, the movie itself is, it's it's, it's a riot. I mean, because you got him, him very, very, the very part of the first part of the movie, you think you're going to get a horror film because you get into the whole, you know, the whole gently rapping, gently tapping on my chamber door, that that thing, and you see the raven pop up, and all of a sudden it starts to talk to him. Yeah, like, like <laughs> to, to tell him that you know, yeah, I got fucked over by this wizard, and uh, basically you find out later because he's basically going to start shit with this wizard for no good reason, just to say I'm a better wizard than you, I guess, and all that, all that stuff, and he. <laughs> Also, he he goes to find this stuff. He tries to teach him how to build this potion to to make him into a man again. Uh-huh. And of course, of course, he fucks it up. I guess because the stuff is expired. And I love I love the scene where he's talking to his dead father on the crypt. Like he, my dad won't mind if I take this this hair of his. All of a sudden, he wakes up and grabs him and talks. I forget what he says to him. He says something to him, like a beware kind of deal. Yeah, I think it's like a beware. Yeah, yeah. And he thinks nothing of it. He just like puts his father down. Like, okay, I'm just gonna go by my business now and turn this <laughs> this this raven back into a man again, which he 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 promptly fucks up, you know. And and it's kind of funny seeing Peter Laurie's head on just with a feather body, and that that's that's kind of really funny. Uh-huh. And, and that, that, that's the best part about this movie: the way those three actors work together, Karloff, Price, and Peter Laurie. It's it, it makes it makes it an awesome movie. Where if you replace one of the other guys, I don't think it work as well. Yeah, because even Karloff is funny, and I never seen Karloff be funny in many things. But 
this this in comedy of terrors is 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 the tops of his comedic career, I believe. You know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, as far as the plot goes, there's like I said, you mentioned it there. There's crazy magic stuff happening. You're crazy. Roger Corman fireballs, which he used 30 years later in Fantastic Four. Still, he's still <laughs> using the same fucking fireball effect. This chief is cheap. It works. Let's do it. You know, that kind of thing. But Corman, who never lost money at a project. So I can't shit on Corman. There's a lot. Yeah. There's lots of directors and lots of people who've lost millions and millions of dollars on projects. But Corman never, never, never met, not made a profit. So I got to respect him for that. Yeah. Uh, it was great to see Nicholson as young as he was because he was in a bunch of these Corman films mm-hmm. because for the longest time for like a de- better part of a decade that's still who give him work was Roger Corman so they're still, yeah, great fr- right. they're, still they're still great friends to this day you know I would be surprised if you saw Nicholson in a random Corman film <laughs> even yeah. in his old age one day <laughs> like yep here I am like that's right I got Nicholson that kind of deal and you know um but oh god, Hazel Court in this movie. Her breasts, Lenore's breasts, are our star of this film. They just come out and they just say hello. You're like, those are the finest natural breasts I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> she's not much on the acting side, but she's she, she's a sight to see. Let me tell you, she she's a, a Craven's a conniving wife, uh, canoodling with a uh, old nasty. Doctor Scarabus, uh, played by Boris Karloff, of course, and you know yeah, yeah. That, that's that's a plot line. Uh, there's a there's a there's a Spaceballs joke in here that Mel, Mel, Mel Brooks stole. I, I, I love <laughs> that, that that scene where um Laurie and um Karloff are going at it with their with their magics, and he <laughs> for some reason uh, um Vincent Price puts his finger in the goo and he licks it. And yeah. He said a raspberry. It's just like in Spaceballs where they, they give him the jam on the... On the, 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 the jam, the radar. <laughs> they give me the raspberry. <laughs> Only one guy gives me the raspberry. Yeah, it, it, like, yeah, he stole that joke like 20 years later. It's pretty awesome, you know. And, <laughs> oh, lots of silly stuff like that make this movie amazing. And I, I'd recommend it to anybody to watch, you know. And I think if you haven't, heard, if you haven't found out by, by, by my slight review so far, that which movie I like better... I have a lot more yeah. fun with this one, too. Yeah, I, I think the, the the fact that I, when we when we come down to the, the the kind of magical showdown, it's 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 very clever actually. I mean, even even kind of you like you were saying about giving Corman credit, like the way they adapt things, and you know, like obviously things like uh, a snake gets thrown over, which becomes a scarf, and uh, there's really, I mean, there's really kind of weird lighting effects, you know, and tricks of the camera. I mean, they use all the tricks in the book for this sequence. You know, whether it's a character falling through the floor or, you know, um, a dummy falling to the ground, which is an obvious dummy. Uh, but I, I like, I, you know, there's a lot of that which just, it makes you smile. It, you know, ultimately makes you smile. And, um, like you say, the, the, the interaction of the three main characters, um, you know, Vincent Price, Boris Karlov, and Peter Lore. Um, you know, between those three, there's just, you know, you've got that sequence where, you know, uh, Dr. Bedlow is, you know, 
it's, it's trying his hardest to get Scarabus to face him in a second duel, and um, he's insulting him and all the rest. And you, you've got you've got uh, Craven saying, "Go, you know, go, go, go lightly on him, please, Scarabus." And I'm turning around, it's like, "What have I to do? You know, he insults me so." And then he, but he's secretly doing his hand magic while this is all happening. You're conniving, you know, to, to make something bad happen to to uh, to Bedlow anyway. I think the jokes are very funny, even by today's standards. I like that. I like that kind of old humour anyway in movies. There's something about it being very simple without it being kind of overtly rude or anything like that. There's a sense of kind of tongue-in-cheek humour here, which, like I say, works. I would agree with you. I think Karloff... Uh, who was a guy who was famed for playing at the beginning he's like he's kind of horror career for playing very serious very dark roles is having an absolute ball and his comic delivery is actually incredible when you compare him to two guys that dabbled more heavily in comedy Karlov kind of rises to the occasion he doesn't feel like he's he's like a you know I just placed in here as a name he actually works really well and if you do enjoy the Raven, then, like Gary was saying, I totally, wholeheartedly agree, hundred percent. Tell uh, that you've got to go and do the the comedy of terrors right after it because the, it just carries on the the humour into there and the performances are great as well. Yeah, I have a, I have a lot of a lot of fun with this movie, um, and like you say, of the two, it is the better movie, it is the more fun movie. But when we move on to our final segment. We strip back those movies and talk about performance, uh, which will ultimately decide who who wins overall on the show. Is there anything else you want to say about The Raven before we take a short break and then come back to delivery? Oh, not too much, except, you know, watch it immediately if you haven't seen it before. I, I think that as, as far as comedy goes, especially around this time of May, you know, not more three unlikely guys would make it and, you know... Yeah. Vincent Vincent Price has always been the man to me ever since I was a little boy because for the first time you know you hear his voice if you're my age everybody had a thriller on vinyl everybody heard his voice doing that little that little that little thing in the middle of the song and he was just the coolest thing ever then so you know it didn't it, it, it shines in this movie how cool he was especially in the, the final sequence where he's just like I call him when Craven got his groove back. He just yeah. remembered like all all the powerful magics. He's just like brushing off anything he throws at him, you know. And yeah, <laughs> that's it's it's really great. It uh yeah, watch the Raven and Comedy Terrors. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Right, we're gonna take a short break. When we come back, this is the first deliberation of our top ten. Myself and Gary are gonna sit down. We're gonna discuss who our pick for favorite performer at these movies are and why. We'll be making that discussion right after this. You know those old-time radio shows with the married couples who bicker about the kids and the car and the neighbors? Our podcast is a lot like that. Yeah. Well, if you replace the kids, the car, and the neighbors with devil movies, theology, and vodka. My name is X. And I'm Cootie. And we are the hosts of Kiss the Goat, a different kind of movie podcast. Every episode, we review a devil movie. You know, possessions, exorcisms, the Antichrist, and we stomp a mud hole in it, even if we like it. 
we are huge fans of comparative religion, and we love to compare real belief systems with what Hollywood seems to think belief systems are. But don't think we're not civic-minded, because each episode includes our Satan in the News segment, where our fearless correspondent, Sin Fallon, documents the eternal struggle between good and evil. And, as high-functioning alcoholics, we give every movie its own drinking game, so that you can enjoy the movie just like we did. Ripped to the tits. <laughs> and there is ever so much more to the show than that. And let me tell you, it ain't for kids. Hell, it ain't for most adults. But it might be for you. You won't know until you listen to Kiss the Goat exclusively on the Legion Network of Podcasts. That's Kiss the Goat. We're the lighter side. Of the dark side. <laughs> and welcome back. So, you've heard our, our discussions on two movies. Uh, for Christopher Lee, at number 10, I chose Horror Express from 1972. And for Vincent Price, The Raven from 1963 landed at number 10. Now, I love both these movies for completely different reasons, but ultimately we have to come down to performance. Like I say, I think that Christopher Lee is the backbone a horror express i think if it, if it's not for his very straight man persona in that movie the kind of clinical analytical performance of the stiff upper lip british man then you know i think that movie doesn't work as well now if you counter that with vincent price who's a, another actor who's known for kind of the more playful horror performance as well as some of the more dark ones this is basically pure kind of comedy for this character and there's a weight to the performance as well like Gary mentioned earlier on when we start off we think we know where this movie is going because of his performance which becomes more playful and more comedic as it goes through I mean overall if I have to pick a better performance I have to go with Vincent Price I think Vincent Price delivers a more well-rounded performance in here there's more facets to him performing you know the comedy angle the kind of tormented character right at the very beginning that voice that iconic voice delivering the lines from the poem the raven um yeah i just i think he's the better performer out of these two movies and i would give him my points gary uh, are you with me or against me? Um, I'm, I think you you uh, you came correct as you know your, your show says <laughs> on the, the Vincent the Vincent Price tip because in this movie of course because like you said he the Vincent Price is great he he, he pulls off that that performance of the the comedian pretty well uh, every every the actors that were with him in the film it's a short cast and they they everybody made everybody better. And that, that that helped things, you know. Car- Karloff made him better. Laurie made him better. So he he, he it's like it was like second nature to him, just like playing this crazy freaking magician, and you know, who forgot how to do things, and also he remembered how to do things, and almost like eccentric. He's like, yeah, I don't do magic anymore, but you know what? I'm gonna step up to the plate and do this, and it just was a really fucking funny performance, and you know. Yeah. Terror Express that didn't have the same I'm not saying it, it wasn't a comedy of course but you know it didn't have the same effect on me that, that The Raven did in any performance so yeah Telly Savalas sunk the horror express for you guys sorry <laughs> <laughs> 
damn you, Savalas. Um, right, so uh, if you would just like to remind my listeners at the end here where they can check out your shows, Gary, after this, you should go out and check one of the multitude of many shows that you have, but where can they listen to them? Uh, you can listen to... Sin V Podcast on LegionPodcast.com. You can watch and listen to the two drinking commentaries on LegionPodcast.com. And you can listen to myself and the Phantom Eric, Eric Bergstrom, do a sloppy seconds to movie sequel podcast on Horophilia.com. That's brilliant. Thank you very much again, Gary, for coming on the show. Always a pleasure to chat to you, my friend. I look forward to the next time I have you under the stairs. But until then, would you like to say goodbye to the listeners, please? Uh, goodbye to the listeners. Right. Please. and I, <laughs> You evil swine. Uh, right, I'm going to take a short break just now. When I come back, I'm closing out the show right after this. Almost midnight. Enough time for one more story. They try to kill us. You ungodly warlock. <laughs> but we just won't stay dead. What's the matter? You can't hold your liquor, huh? The Midnight Horror Show. The internet's goriest and raunchiest horror podcast since 2008. Now live every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Eastern Time at TMHSRadio.com. Listen on your mobile device with the TuneIn app. Search TMHS Radio or download us at iTunes, Podomatic, or the TMHS Radio page. You're listening to the podcast Under the Stairs. And you've been listening to the podcast Under the Stairs, episode number 60. This was kicking off my top 10 best horror performances by Christopher Lee versus Vincent Price. And we already have someone taking first blood. Vincent Price is two points up over Christopher Lee sitting at zero. We have 10 weeks of these movies to go, so it'll be interesting to see who comes out victorious at the end when we reach the final spot, number one on my list. I want to thank Gary Hill for joining me in my reviews of The Raven and, of course, the review of Horror Express. And uh, next week, I'll be joined by Mike Merriman from Evil Episodes and the Not-So-Evil Sidecast to look at, for Christopher Lee anyway, we'll be covering Dr. Terror's House of Horror. And uh, for Vincent Price, we'll be doing The Fall of the House of Usher, a.k.a. House of Usher. Um, So I'm really looking forward to covering those movies. It's another um, Paul Corman adaptation for Vincent Price. Um, And another... (laughs) another Christopher Lee performance on a train I I swear that was not deliberate it was not planned Uh, Peter Cushion's in that movie as well which is even stranger Um, I don't know, it's not a remake honestly, it's not a remake, I wouldn't do that to you, Um, so yeah for the next 10 weeks we'll be doing this top 10 countdown Uh, never fear though we will have some other content dropping um, in some weeks basically the same week as one of the official episodes so it could be that over the next 10 weeks every couple of weeks you're getting an additional 
Baz V Horror, which will be dropping out. Um, the content of those shows, me and my, um, my guest, the Baz, your favourite, the man, the myth, the legend, the Baz, will be looking at the entire uh, <laughs> Nightmare on Elm Street franchise, which is a big ask, but we're splitting up over three shows. Uh, we've already started recording them, so the first episode should be dropping soon. So I hope you enjoy Baz's take on uh, one of the more iconic franchises in the horror genre. We also have a two-year anniversary for Podcasts Under the Stairs, which is mind-blowing. I can't believe that this show's almost two years old. So that'll be dropping on uh, August 31st, Monday, August 31st. Uh, we'll be celebrating our second year as a podcast, so I'm really looking forward to that. Hopefully deliver a fun, quirky show with plenty of audience interaction and interaction from other podcasters. So uh, keep your eyes and ears open for that show, which is dropping, like I say, on August 31st. Um, and then the shows will run right up this top 10 runs right up to the start of Baz V Halloween so then we have five weeks of Baz V Halloween culminating in a, a video commentary Baz takes on Grave Encounters 2 um, which will be quite interesting because we all know how he fared against Grave Encounters and uh, then we kick into the second anniversary for Baz V Horror which once again, can't believe that's another year past for that. So lots of stuff coming up on the horizon. As always, thank you very much for the support. Downloading the shows, interacting on the Facebook page uh, and just generally being the, the best listenership out there in, in the podcast world. There are tons of ways to listen to this show. You can listen to us through iTunes and if you're doing that, I would appreciate if you take some time out to leave us an iTunes review. Every review that you leave, especially if it's a positive five-star review like the majority of the ones that we have, that bumps us up the iTunes ratings for more people to find us. However, if you're not uh, a slave to, to Apple, uh, you can listen to us on Stitcher Smart Radio uh, directly through our um, official website which is podcastunderthestairs.wordpress.com or if you listen to us through the Legion feed on the Legion Podcast Network you can you can check us out over there we are a proud member of that podcasting network along beside some fantastic shows uh, you can also uh, interact with us at Twitter um, if you are on Twitter uh, our Twitter tag is at tputzcast um, which is almost the same as following us on Facebook facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash tputzcast and that's our group page come across and enjoy the insanity over on that page um, once again you guys have just been posting loads of stuff which is uh, which is really it, the Dave Bates stuff is quite difficult to do because he's always posing one of these questions that makes me have to sit and think for about 20 minutes for an answer uh, which actually to tell the truth it's, it's quite beneficial if you're sitting uh, in, in your work office and you're trying to think of a you know an answer to something you know and these sort of questions I would imagine would pass the day a bit quicker so thanks very much for all that and all the support anyway from you guys you guys are absolutely awesome uh, and yes Jerry we will be taking on board your advice there will be no podcast under the stairs wrap that's just I'm knocking that in the head that's not happening uh, but yeah like I say thank you very much for checking out the shows remember we have posters for those that haven't purchased a poster yet uh, exclusive podcast under the stairs posters designed by horror artist extraordinaire Graham Humphreys are, are on sale all you need to do is send me a message or an email if you send us an email to podcastunderthestairs at gmail.com um, and uh, inquire about how to buy one I will give you the details it is £12.50 that's including postage and packaging if you live in the UK and $23 that's including 
postage packaging if you live in the USA and um, if you buy one of them I'll post it in straight away and you can hang it on your wall or throw darts at it, whichever one you know takes your fancy I don't know <laughs> but uh, yeah I'm going to leave just now anyway this has been a fantastic show um, and I, I can't wait to get into more Vincent Price Christopher Lee performances uh, there are so many absolute classic titles still to come up on this and I hope you enjoy listening to them as much as I enjoy recording them um, so until the next time I speak to you guys which will be sooner than you think this is Duncan McLeish broadcasting live from the void signing off
Tell me what that lordly name is 